What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, folks. It's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com back for episode 32 on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, good to be back with you guys. This is probably a Tuesday morning for you guys. Uh, kind of the uh, the calm after the storm of uh, the Bucks' big Week One victory uh, up in Atlanta. Uh, if you get a win in the NFL, a lot of times that means victory Monday. Uh, so players got the day off yesterday. Uh, at least got the day off from having to talk to the media. Uh, we talked to Dirk Cutter for about 20 minutes. Tuesday, as always, is a is a day off in the NFL. So a quiet day today in terms of interviews. Uh, it is tryout Tuesday in the NFL, so I would certainly expect a move or two to come across in terms of transactions for the Bucks. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.net. Uh, very happy to have them back as a sponsor. Uh, getting lots of regular sponsors here. Really great to have that on the podcast here and all over the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, the big news of the day, and it's hard to have bad news after a big win as the Bucks had uh, there in Atlanta, uh, but Jacque Smith uh, put on IR last night. Uh, we had seen Jacquees go down with a knee injury, uh, of all things, in a non-contact injury on punt coverage early in Sunday's win. Uh, big loss for, for the Bucks uh, in that Jacquees Smith has been a very effective third-down pass rusher the last two years. Uh, this is a good good story in that it's a guy the Bucks got off waivers, uh, had been bounced around by three teams in a year without playing a down in the NFL, uh, and the Bucks very astutely saw something in Jacquees. He's had 13 and a half sacks in the last two years, uh, but will not play again this season. He has torn the ACL in his right knee. Uh, he will he will be on uh, IR, and he's not coming back from that. You know, a- ACL surgery is usually a uh, a nine ten month recovery period, as we're seeing with Lewis Murphy right now. Uh, so unfortunate for Jacquees. Really good guy. Uh, you feel bad for him just because he came into the league, you know, with with no bonus at all. Has made league minimum for two years. Uh, was in a position, if he did well this year, uh, to be a restricted free agent, which meant uh, a nicer tender from the Bucks, if you will. Uh, was looking at you know probably at least uh, triple his salary in terms of a tender. Uh, you get that low tender as a restricted free agent. That's a one point seven million dollar tender, and could very well still get that. It's like you, it's hard to sit here and anticipate where the Bucks will be next summer and, and what level of. Uh, commitment they'll want to make to Jacquees to make sure they don't lose him, but the injury certainly makes things more uncertain for him. Uh, lots of, of players have come back from ACLs and had fine careers coming back like nothing ever happened. So uh, Defensive end is a position that had been a position of great depth for the Bucks. This is now two guys they had lost to season-ending injuries. Uh, George Johnson, if you remember, real early in training camp went down with a, a fractured hip. Uh, so that's two guys down there. I don't know that George Johnson was necessarily making this roster. Jacquees is certainly a bigger injury because he would have been a guy that was getting, I don't know, 25 snaps a game. Um, as Dirk Cutter mentioned yesterday, was was kind of a starter in their nickel defense. When they slide Robert Ayers inside, uh, Jacquees Smith was a guy that stepped in an end for them. So uh, a couple people are going to have to step up in his absence. Uh, we should have a roster move later today. My guess is that the Bucks are going to reach out to Courtney Brown and bring him back. He was the last end that was cut at the end of training camp uh, less than two weeks ago. Uh, 
Uh, Courtney, again, is a guy that has been cut 11 times in the NFL, but can certainly fill in, uh, especially on the special team side of what Jacquees Smith was doing for the Bucs. Uh, on the field, I think that the guy that probably steps up the most is Howard Jones. Uh, Second-year guy, had five sacks last year. Is a first-year player with the Bucs. Uh, and, and Howard is a guy that's probably a, a little bit of the same kind of size as Jacquees. Uh, best suited as a third-down nickel pass rusher. Uh, it probably means more snaps for Noah Spence as well. Noah, the second-round rookie from Eastern Kentucky, uh, played a fair amount on Sunday. Talked to Noah after the game, and he was excited about his first game. Played 35 snaps, uh, did not have a sack, did not have a tackle. I think he did actually cause two false start penalties, which, again, is impressive. There's very little difference. You think about uh, a defensive end making an impact on the game. A sack is great. Uh, but if you can get a five-yard penalty out of your opponent, that sets them back. It's it's not the loss of down that a sack is, uh, but that can be a lot to overcome for an offense like Atlanta's that wasn't necessarily moving the ball well on the ground. Uh, so Jockey Smith, our lead note has to be Jockey Smith being lost for the season there. Um, like I said, unfortunate news. The Bucks have been relatively fortunate to avoid major injuries in training camp. Um, you know, came in obviously with some problems with J.R. Sweezy came in with some problems with Lewis Murphy, but in terms of on-the-field injuries, really haven't had much to deal with. Uh, a couple minor injuries at receiver that, that kind of complicated their roster issue there. Uh, but a big loss, and again, uh, feel bad for Chuck Weeks, one of the good guys in the locker room, and hopefully somebody that can be back a year from now uh, doing what he, what he had already been doing for the Bucks. Uh, lots we want to get to today. A couple more uh, transactions to mention and then kind of talk about the possibilities for. I uh, want to look at snap counts. One thing we can do on Tuesdays here. Uh, in general, we're recording that Monday podcast either late Sunday night or early Monday morning before we get the full uh, participation log, the snap counts from Sunday's game, to see who played what and what you can read into that. A lot of times those numbers kind of help you understand uh, playing time situations and how much they're leaning on starters and breakdowns and formation and stuff like that. So we'll have more stuff on that. Uh, Alan Cross is back. We'll talk about that. Uh, and we'll look ahead to Arizona. Um, you know, big game for the Bucks. Arizona uh, lost to the Patriots on Sunday night, so they're 0-1. Uh, you know, we had a preseason primer we put out, uh, and I, I wrote that we had the five toughest game for the Bucks. I, I think this is the toughest game on their schedule. Uh, I know they go to Carolina, but I think they know Carolina a lot better. Uh, so to go have to go across the country and play against a playoff-caliber team like Arizona with a terrible— uh, terrible uh a terrific defense uh i think is their biggest challenge of the season they can play very well on sunday uh and and not win the game uh especially when you have arizona trying to avoid being 0 and two uh today's podcast is brought to you by my bookie uh great to have them back as a sponsor here on the locked on bucks podcast folks football season is here get in on the action and play like the pros at mybookie.net it is the most exciting online experience for sports fans my bookie features real vegas odds and incredible player props on every football game. Uh, even if you're listening to this and the game is already kicked off, uh, my bookie has live in-game odds updated in real time. So if the uh, game's already started, you want to bet on the second half line, second half over-under, can bet on quarters, can bet on individual players who might have the first touchdown in a game. Uh, it's never too late to make a play. Uh, my bookie is optimized for smartphone users. Nonstop action on the go. You know, you look at the lines. I mean, the Bucks. as much excitement as there is uh, about the Bucks winning in week one, they are the second biggest underdog in the NFL this week, which speaks a lot to how strong Arizona is on their home field. The Bucks are a six-and-a-half-point underdog. 
Uh, Arizona was a, a favorite. Uh, I mean, you think about Arizona at home, uh, it's going to be tough for any team. The Bucks were an underdog, of course, last week and went up to Atlanta and won by a touchdown. Uh, the only team in the NFL that is a bigger underdog than the Bucks are this weekend is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and they are, uh, at home, are a seven-point dog against Baltimore. The Patriots are also a six-point favorite this week. But uh, as, ex- as much excitement as there is about the Bucks, they are still a heavy underdog uh, on the lines you're already seeing out of Vegas right there. When it comes to my bookie, folks, type my bookie into your browser and sign up today. If you use promo code BUCKS, that's promo code B-U-C-S, you will be entered into their million-dollar prize pool. Uh, you can also get into that by calling them at 844-722-2387. Again, that's 844-722-2387. Join the thousands of online players already playing. Only the biggest, only the best, only at my bookie. Sign up today, folks. Thanks again for, for having them uh, as a sponsor here in the podcast. Great to have them as well. We want to talk about one more roster move before we get going too much with uh, snap counts and looking ahead to Arizona. Uh, And that came down Monday, uh, something we probably expected. Uh, Alan Cross, the rookie tight end we talked about, who had initially made the Bucs 53-man roster, was one of those first four undrafted rookies uh, that beat out Danny Vitale, who was a draft pick. A lot of nice things said about Alan Cross last week. Bucs kind of got into an injury pinch with Devontae Bond having that hamstring last week. Uh, needed to call up a fifth linebacker. And when they promoted Josh Kyes, uh, they had to take Alan Cross off the 53-man roster. Uh, nothing against Alan, just kind of the numbers crunch of, of balancing depth at all those positions. Alan was able to clear waivers on Monday, uh, was happy to sign back Monday night on the practice squad. Again, a developmental tight end, a guy they really like as a uh, guy who can be a physical blocker, who can catch the ball surprisingly well out of the backfield, had a great career at Memphis. Uh, again, that is Mike Honcho, if you're scoring with the, uh, the locker room nicknames. Uh, great story behind his locker room nickname from uh, Talladega Knights there. Uh, so, and Alan Cross is back. I'm curious to see what they do with the rest of the practice squad. Most of that practice squad, of course, is simply an extension of the 53-man roster. Um, guys that were initially cut. Uh, known commodities, if you will. I think the, the, the practice squad is always the extension of the 53-man roster, kind of their best way to insulate themselves against an injury, especially an injury that takes place during the week. Um, You lose somebody at the last minute, you can't bring somebody in on a Thursday or Friday and expect them to be able to play on a Sunday. So that makes it easy for them to promote someone from the practice squad uh, and get them up on the roster, familiar, ready to go. I I will take a break here and mention, you, you might be hearing this in the audio, I happen to live across the street from a guy that runs a lawn service. Uh, which is a tremendous joy. Uh, so if you hear this incessant uh, edging and trimming sound, uh, I have uh, constantly across the street guys uh, doing the lawns on the street. It's just a, a fun thing. Hopefully it's not too uh, pervasive here in the broadcast. Uh, but I do have lawn guys across the street from me. Usually I'm recording overnight at one of our offices, uh, but this morning recording here at the house, and they're already up and at it. Uh, so again, sorry for the uh, buzzing you're hearing under me the whole time here. You know, uh, practice squad has nine players on it with Alan Cross back, and I'm curious to see what they do with that. You know, the Bucks had brought in a couple linebackers, a couple receivers, a couple running backs the first week. I think it's still certainly a possibility uh, that the Bucks sign a veteran running back. We had talked about Jacquees Rogers, who had been with Dirk Cutter in Atlanta, had come in for a workout and was not initially signed. Uh, he's one of those guys where if he was on the roster Saturday, his ro- his salary for the entire season is guaranteed. So now they can bring him in. 
the Bucks had Peyton Barber uh, called up as a rookie. Uh, Peyton didn't make the cut initially, as was the case last year. The Bucks don't necessarily need their number three running back to play at all on offense. Peyton didn't have a snap on offense. Uh, played a decent amount, maybe ten snaps on special teams. Uh, was the up back on the kickoff returns, but that's something they could have somebody else do if they wanted to bring uh, a veteran, uh, a complimentary offensive guy like uh, like Jacquees Rogers back. Jacquees had like 50 plus catches two years in a row with Dirk in Atlanta. So there's definitely a little bit more NFL experience, a little bit more of a proven commodity if they wanted to bring him back. Uh, I know there had been continued interest in him on Monday, uh, but nothing that had resulted in any kind of signing yet. So we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, you could see a change. I mean, you know, Josh Kyes was brought up, as we mentioned, for Sunday's game because Devontae Bond had that hamstring. But if Devontae's okay, that also frees up a, a potential roster spot. They might, need not, they might not need Josh Kyes to stay up. Josh actually played 22 snaps on, on special teams, so played a, a healthy amount of snaps uh, in Sunday's opener. But they'll have some flexibility. It just depends on where they want to have people on the roster. Uh, there's not that many injuries to speak of. You know, I think we'll see a, an outright signing to the 53 to replace Jacquees Smith, whether that's Courtney Brown or, or somebody else. Uh, Channing Ward was inactive, so now it's just more likely that Channing Ward would get uh, on the 46 next week. You know, we talk about snap counts. It's kind of neat to look and see uh, how much the Bucks are playing in different formations, how much they're using their backups, using their starters. For me, what stood out in looking at Sunday's game was how much they leaned on their defensive starters. Um, you know, there's always that balance between wanting to have your f- best players on the field and wanting to not overwork them and risk injury or risk fatigue at the end of a game. Uh, the top nine guys for the Bucks defense were on the field for 94% of the snaps, which is just a very high amount. The comparable number for the Falcons on the other side was 84%. Uh, so literally almost three times as many plays off for the top nine Falcons as there were for the top nine Bucks. Uh, You had five guys on defense that played every snap. Uh, As the case last year, Levante, David, and Quan Alexander are not coming off the field. They're out there, no matter whether they're nickel nickel or base defense, those two are always on the field. Uh, You had your starting corners on for every single play in Brent Grimes and Vernon Hargrave. Safety Bradley McDougal was on the field for every play. I, I think Chris Conte might have very well been intended to be on the field for every play. He went out with an injury. I don't even know what it was. He told me he was fine after the game. Uh, and he played all but 10 snaps. But then even on the defensive line, which is where you usually see the most rotation, uh, even a a high-end defensive player might be in on 80% of the snaps. You saw Gerald McCoy in for all but six snaps. You saw Robert Ayers in for all but seven snaps. Uh, Clinton McDonald, who's usually not involved in that nickel defense, was in for all but 11 snaps. Uh, So really a heavy usage. That could be a number of things. That could be the fact that it's the first game and the defensive coaches don't yet know who they have confidence in in terms of knowing the scheme, knowing what the drop-off is from the starters to the backups. It could be that this just was a tight game. They got behind early. Uh, they had an 18-point lead in the third quarter, but that was quickly down to 11 points and then down to 7 points. Um, I guess it was down to 10 points and then 7 points. So it wasn't like there was a whole lot of time where you could catch your breath and just play around with your depth on defense. Uh, the bottom nine guys on defense combined for just 35 snaps. Um, it was interesting to see that. So these backups right now aren't getting a lot of playing time. The nice thing is that they are getting uh, a fair amount of special teams work. Uh, Keith Tandy, 23 snaps on special teams. Adarius Glanton, Josh Keyes, Josh Robinson, 
uh, who did not play at all on defense, each had 22 snaps, kind of leading that coverage team downfield tackling bit there. Glanton had two tackles on special teams. Um, and then I'm always curious about the split between the nickel defense and the base defense. It's usually about 60% for the nickel. That was the case again Sunday. Uh, saw 40 snaps from the nickel cornerbacks and only 27 from Daryl Smith, who's the strong side linebacker. It'll be really neat to see how they use him. He's a guy who's used to playing every snap. Uh, he's obviously 33, 34 years old, so uh, certainly in the waning part of his career, but th- they'll find creative ways to get him involved if he's only involved in 27 plays to, to make the most of those. Offensively, uh, we saw probably a little bit more of a tilt toward the three-receiver look. We had talked a lot about the possibility of two tight end packages, uh, but I think they averaged 2.55 receivers per play, so more often in the three-receiver than the two, if you will. Uh, again, leaned hard on those starters. They, they had 64 offensive snaps, uh, Mike Evans in on 55, Vincent Jackson in on 51, and Adam Humphreys in on 49. So those are very much your relevant receivers for the Bucs. Uh, we had talked about Cecil Shorts joining the team the last week before the season started. He only had two snaps on offense. So that will certainly increase as he learns the playbook more, as he's more comfortable in the offense. Uh, But for now, very much three receivers getting the looks and getting the the snaps on offense. Tight end was kind of a mixed bag. Um, You saw production all over at the position. Uh, Cameron Great had three catches, I think, on one drive. Seferian Jenkins had that beautiful touchdown catch. Uh, Brandon Myers had his first first touchdown catch with the Bucs. But the playing time was pretty sparse. Only 93 total snaps for tight ends in the game. Uh, Luke Stocker had 37. Uh, Cameron Braid had 25. ASJ had 18. Brandon Myers had 13. So so kind of sparse playing time. A lot of that sometimes depends on what defense you want the opponents to line up in. Um, We looked at the running back split. It's always interesting to see how they share duties between Doug Martin and Charles Sims. Was definitely a heavy tilt towards Doug Martin in this game. Uh, He had 44 snaps against 20 for Charles Sims. He had 23 touches versus 7 for Charles Sims. Sims obviously had that amazing twisting touchdown right before halftime. Just a beautiful game-changing touchdown. Really kind of put the Bucks in control with the lead right before halftime. Uh, but his usage was, was relatively small. Only so many touches, only so many snaps. Uh, so we'll be curious to see how that changes. Arizona definitely a tougher defense, a more grueling defense they're going up against. One thing I noticed across the NFL thought was kind of interesting was the breakdown between uh, passing, gaudy passing yards and gaudy rushing yards. The league, at least going into last night, only had one 100-yard rusher. Uh, Lamar Miller with the Texans was the guy. So only one guy went over 100 yards. There were eight who went over 300 yards as a passer. So eight 300-yard passers, one 100-yard rusher. If you go back to 10 years ago, for instance, okay, the same thing in week one, only three 300-yard passers and seven 100-yard rushers. So I think you're seeing a real shift, not just this year, but over the last couple of years, uh, to focusing on the pass, not leaning hard on any one running back. Uh, Doug Martin actually had a decent game in the opener uh, in terms of yards per carry. Kind of came on in the second half after a quiet first half. Uh, but both teams in the in the game we saw Sunday leaned heavy uh, on the passing game. Falcons, as they got behind, ran almost ex- you know passed almost exclusively in the second half. So anyway, snap counts as we look at it again. Uh, impressive to see how they're going to use things, and that'll tweak every week. We will get a little bit more into uh, previewing the uh, Arizona Cardinals as the week goes on. 
it's it's kind of nostalgia week again here as we look at our storylines for the week. Uh, last week was very much about Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith going back to Atlanta, and this Bucks team has a fair amount of Arizona history to it. Uh, Jason Light was the number two with the Cardinals before he came to the Bucks uh, in 2014. Uh, so this is a homecoming for him. He knows uh, the, the front office of the Cardinals very well, knows their personnel from being in their front office. Uh, and then for Dirk Cutter, uh, Dirk Cutter spent six years as Arizona State's head coach. Uh, so very familiar with the Tempe, Phoenix area there. Uh, we'll have a story later today uh, up on the website in Wednesday's Times on him and Pat Tillman. Uh, he never coached Pat. Uh, but I think Pat Tillman had a profound effect on Dirk Cutter. If you are in his office, he has only one jersey up on the wall in his office, and it's Pat Tillman's Arizona State jersey. Dirk talked with us last week a little bit about that, uh, said that football is a very selfish sport for the most part, uh, and that Pat Tillman was, <coughs> sorry, was, Pat was one of the most unselfish people he's known in his life uh, as a player, and then obviously in choosing to step away from football, be an Army Ranger, uh, go fight with his brother, and ultimately give our life, give his life for our country uh, fighting overseas. So we'll have something on Pat Tillman, have more on their homecomings as the week goes on uh, that should con- can kind of conclude the uh, reunion nostalgia portion of the Bucks season. Uh, but some neat storylines. Anytime you have uh, personal ties to uh, to where the, where the Bucks are playing, we want to try and write those. So we will wrap things up here uh, for a Tuesday podcast. Uh, guys, want to make sure we get feedback from you guys. So if you have comments about the podcast, if you have questions about the Bucks, uh, shoot us an email at LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. Uh, again, trying to promote uh, the Twitter account. Get us up to 200 followers this week. We're up to 167. Thrilled to have you guys following there. Uh, tweeting out links and tweeting out the podcast every day from that account. You can follow me also at Greg Almond on Twitter. Thank you guys for, uh, for listening. This audience continues to grow. We're picking up sponsors. We're picking up listeners every day, which is awesome. Uh, seventh week of this podcast. Uh, this is episode 32. Uh, it, it's, it's wild to think how, how quickly you pile up a bunch of podcasts here uh, when it's just week two of the season. But anyway, we will wrap things up. I uh, have lots more to talk about on Wednesday. Uh, looking ahead to uh, the Arizona Cardinals in a big road game. Chance for the Bucks to go 2-0 and uh, if they can pull it off as an underdog on the road. So thanks again for listening. For the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com, this is Greg Almond. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. Football season is here, and you can get in the action and play like the pros at MyBookie.net. At MyBookie.net, you can feel the excitement of predicting your favorite sports. It's never too late to make a play. You can even use your smartphone for nonstop action on the go. MyBookie.net. Go online now. Use promo code BUCKS to be entered into their million-dollar prize pool. Or call 844-722-2387. Join the thousands of online players already playing. Only the biggest, only the best. Only at MyBookie.net. Sign up today. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop! At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.